Hello and welcome to broadcast number 85 of Indie Radio. Indie Radio is an indie game development talk show that airs on Saturdays at noon, U.S. Central Time, to help you keep up with the ever-evolving world of indie game development, debate about issues in the indie game scene, and to let you into the mind of some of the most interesting people behind the creation of indie games. Today is August 25th, 2018, and I'll be your host, Brett Hudson, broadcasting live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I'm Ian, and I'll be co-hosting from Toronto, Ontario, in Canada. Ian, you don't have the last name anymore? No, never did. Oh, Just wow. a mononym. <laughs> Good to know. Mm-hmm. Right, and with us, we have a guest, uh, Marlowe Dobie. Hi, uh, I'm Marlowe, and I'll be talking about things. <laughs> <laughs> That's my role on this show. It's <laughs> a good role. <laughs> There's got to be at least one of us that does it, so I'm, yeah, glad, yeah. I'm glad you one of, that. One of the three of us has to be talking yeah, during thank, this. <laughs> thank you, know. you for picking up the slack there. That's, uh, of course. That's <laughs> uh, so we don't really have any news that we found this week um, that we wanted to, to bring up, so we're just going to jump right into the interview. So uh, I'm glad you stepped up the next 90 minutes. Um, you're <laughs> and I will just mute. I'm going to go grab a sandwich. Yeah, I'll work on my monologues. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> so you are an indie uh, game dev artist from mm-hmm. Portland, Oregon. Or, yep. Yep. Okay. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Oh, my goodness. Did I say the wrong thing? Not yeah. Maine, not okay. Portland, Maine. Okay. <laughs> the other one. Yep. Whew. Okay, we're good. Um, see, uh, there's there's another uh, indie game uh, location that I always mix up. I think it's Baltimore. I always say Boston to my friend, and he gets mm-hmm. mad every time. I'm just like, um, I am so sorry. I don't know. My <laughs> brain just can't get it through, so I'm glad we got it. It's too um, confusing with the bees, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah, like, just too many. There's two. Like, <laughs> too many. Um, so, yeah, you want to tell us a bit about the what the scene's like there? Yeah, uh, I gush about the Portland indie scene a lot, um, mainly uh, because of what is called Portland Indie Game Squad. It's a local nonprofit we have here uh, that's really just been growing a lot especially over the last few years Uh, but we are a community platform for developers and artists and enthusiasts and anyone sort of interested in games to be able to get together and meet each other and make games together and showcase Uh, we have a lot of different events we host we host like three to four events a month here in portland in kind of like different locations um, yeah, it's it's always really fun, too. We do, like, socials where we have people come out, and uh, they're called Art Code Nights, which the premise of it is that you, like, bring some art to work on or bring a game that you're coding and all kind of work in the same spot. But people barely ever work. It's more of just a social um, uh, with some people working at it kind of thing because we're all very social with each other. Uh, we host workshops, too. Uh, we have, like, workshops on how to code in Pico 8 and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we have lots of showcasing events where we give people the opportunity to show off stuff that they're working on, either to the Pig Squad community or at certain events that we go to, like expos and and all of that. So we're all very active here. Uh, it's really fun to 
to be able to be a part of the community. I feel very lucky because I grew up in Portland and wanted to make games and then kind of just fell into this like amazing thing that was already here. Oh, hey, look, a bunch of indie game devs. Let's, let's join. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I started going about two and a half years ago, and uh, I can't believe I hadn't heard about it before then because I grew up in Portland, and it had been around for about four-ish years at that point. But uh started going about two and a half years ago, and then I went to the first event and loved it so much that I just kept going and ended up sort of like volunteering because I would show up early and stay late. And then eventually they just gave me a position. They're like, okay, well, we'll just give you a name for what you're already doing. So um, I'm a resource council member for them now and uh, pretty much just like a glorified volunteer. And I get to help people specifically with art side of making games and all that. Just being a person in the community that you can go to for that kind of stuff. Super cool. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember when I first heard of Pig Squad. Um, mm -hmm. Man, I don't know. I, I remember the, the time that like, I, I really was like, whoa, they're, they're doing some really cool stuff was um, during, uh, I think, the, the jam that you guys had with Cartoon Network. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when, when was that? Was that just last year? No, that was uh, that was around the same time that I started going to Pig Squad events. That was about two and a half years ago. Um, but yeah, that was run by Rose City Games, uh, who is a game development uh, company here in Portland that is run by a lot of the same people that run Pig Squad. Mm -hmm. um, so we had a lot of Pig Squad members here at the Cartoon Network Game Jam taking part in that. And uh, everyone got to make games for different characters of the OKKO OK Let's Be Heroes show. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the teams was a winning team and got to take that game to full development. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it, it was really cool. I believe the game's called Dynamite Action News. Um, and it's definitely worth checking out. It's really fun. Uh, but that was just just slightly before my time. Um, I had, The first event I had gone to was like a speed meetup for the Cartoon Network Game Jam. So everyone was like looking for teams and I was in the middle of my thesis at that time. And I was like, I don't even have enough time to like eat a sandwich. I can't do this. <laughs> um, but I was really interested in it. And it's kind of when I started getting into the community. So it was a really cool event to sort of like see and be like, wow, like this is totally legit. These people are all making games and it's so cool. Yeah, was that your first exposure to uh, game jams? Yeah, uh, I hadn't known about game jams before then. And now I've done like 13 game jams at this point. Um, we do, we love game jams in Pig Squad. Like here in Portland, we're all about the game jams. We do a global game jam every year. There's always at least one chapter being hosted in Portland. Um, and then we also like encourage people to do Ludum Dare or Ludum Dare. 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 <laughs> The jury's still out on that one. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I, I have no idea. Right. Well, we have we have a lot of community members that take part in that, and uh, we all share our work. We're very active on Slack. We have a Slack channel, so you'll see people being like, "Oh, I'm doing this one this weekend," and kind of sharing the progress. And then we also host um, our own jams internally with Pig Squad. Uh, we are currently in the middle of one right now. Uh, we do every month in the summer, we do what do we call a summer slow jam, which mm -hmm. is like taking a 48 hour game jam, but making it a week or longer. So we have a 
kickoff party and then seven to about 11 days later we have a closing party and everyone can kind of make a game jam size game but like spread it out over a week or more and kind of take it a little bit easier than going hard for 48 hours um mm-hmm. But we have our closing event coming up for our next one, and we do those every year, and we do tabletop jams sometimes, and and all of that. We just, yeah, we just like making a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, so which, do you have a game jam that you've done that has been your favorite, or just... Ooh, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that my favorite was uh, Global Game Jam two years ago. Uh, me and my team kind of did this thing where we caught like lightning in a bottle and we were like all on the same page like totally goofy the whole time and the theme that year was waves Mm -hmm. so we had come up with this game uh, that we called Karamari Tentacle 4-Way which is totally a game jam name right like it's so bad Uh, but the idea is you play as a squid who's conducting 4-Way traffic Um, So you have like an arm pointing down every street and you're supposed to use WASD keys to let the traffic through and not have anyone crash, but the game's like actually impossible. So you pretty (laughs) much are just trying to like last as long as you can. And the game's like about 40 seconds long. (laughs) Um, But the art was really fun. Like I did the characters and my really good friend did the backgrounds and rendered everything. And our two programmers were just like, making it so goofy and yeah it was really fun that one was my favorite and we had some like people doing let's plays of it because it was a global game jam game we're just like Mm -hmm. what that's crazy (laughs) and they would get really frustrated because it was an impossible game to win (laughs) how can you be frustrated with that game over screen that just that that really made it for me yeah uh, yeah. like crackling fire sound effect uh-huh. in the back and then like the newspaper yeah. article thing i was just uh-huh. it was, it was perfect oh man <laughs> yeah we were just like goofing off all weekend it was really it was really good <laughs> that's such a good vibe to be in yeah yeah but it's fun i mean i think that was maybe like one of the more finished things i've done in a game jam and then like other game jams are sort of like yeah you know your availability kind of like goes up and down and scoping is really important so uh it's really good i think uh having like an understanding of oh yeah like if i'm at a game jam like i don't need to sweat about making this perfect thing that's going to be even done by the end of the game jam but the idea is that you're just like giving yourself an excuse to make games um in whatever form that ends up taking interesting yeah so, so i have do- a variety of like unfinished game jam games too <laughs> I, I think that's kind of just how game jams go I, yeah. I would say that there's more that I haven't finished than I have finished yeah I always recommend game jams to people especially people who come to pig squad and are new to uh, just like the community or game dev scene at all but I was just like yeah if you want to get into games like game jams are in my opinion like one of the best ways to do that because you get to spend a really, you know, relatively short amount of time making something that's not like your magnum opus. So, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully your your stakes are low for you and it's just a creative endeavor. Um, and you get to learn so much about not only just like, for me, like what does it take to put art into a game and how do you make things efficient for an engine and like how do you do all of that stuff? But also like scoping, like scoping is the number one thing that is just like 
the hill to climb over for all creative people, I think, because we just want to like keep adding things and make it perfect and all of that. But being able to look at how much time you have and uh, what you can realistically get done in that time and how do you allot your time, I think is like an absolutely invaluable skill in game dev that I just learned from doing game jams. Yeah, that's definitely something that I've taken away from game jams. It's just, uh, it's so easy to overscope. Um, so do you, do you have any, any tips on how you've learned to properly scope from your own experience or just like yeah. certain pitfalls that you've fallen into? I think the obvious pitfall is like getting too excited about your idea. Uh, I do that every single time I work on a game because I'm like, oh, this is so fun. And then what if we added this? And then it would be like <laughs> even better. Or like, what if I did this like one minute animated intro for the game? Like thinking oh, stuff God. like that is like totally crazy. Um, but I think like a big, a big point, like, I always try to like give if people ask about scoping advice is just like just try to do like one thing really well don't worry about like multiple mechanics don't worry about making like a really elaborate gameplay situation just like have one thing and like do it really well make it feel good and like polish the hell out of it and then you'll be really happy with your product and you you know ideally won't have like killed yourself over trying to make it happen in the time frame that you're making it happen um, just like, uh, we always like said in art school, we're like, you got to kill your darlings sometimes. And that's kind of it. And, uh, the, the way we give that advice in pig squad is like, save it for the sequel. Like if you have a bunch of like really fun ideas, like write it down in a book, that's the next game, or that's the next version of the game that you'll work on after the game jam. Perfect. That's actually a really good segue because the the next thing that I uh, wanted to ask is if there are any game jam games that you uh, you've made that you want to continue at some point. Ooh, that's a good question. I think that uh, I would say yes in terms of like <laughs> there's some of them I'm like, wow, wouldn't it be great to like finish this? <laughs> um, <laughs> but the the last game jam I worked on, I worked on the first summer slow jams and. Uh, me and uh, this guy that I uh, work with in the same office as me were just like, do you want to do this game jam together? And uh, we hadn't worked together before, but, you know, we were like friendly. We knew each other and uh, it was really fun. Like we had a blast. We made this game where you're a kid's like or you're a photographer at a like JCPenney photo studio and you're trying to like set up this perfect picture that the parents of this child want for their kid's portrait. So you put like a scary clown bear and like a pillar with ivy on it and like set the whole scene and then you take the picture but you have to like do it before the kid cries because it's boring and <laughs> and i was just like yeah this is totally based off of like my real life experiences of getting photos taken of me as a kid um but i we just had like a lot of fun with that game it was super goofy and like super lighthearted, and we when we were working on it, we're like, we're going to make the minimum viable game. Like, it's going to be, like, not that much of a time commitment for us. So we did, like, one game where you have six different options and three different things to put down. But we were talking a lot about it. And we're like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if, like, you got a random, like, person in the chair instead of just this one kid? Sometimes it's, like, a dog or, like, this or that. <laughs> Just adding like extra content and stuff like that is always like what I want to do with those kind of games. Just like adding a little bit more flavor. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I don't remember if I was ever like that. I was, I was pretty young, but I do remember having that issue with my siblings a lot. There's, uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there's one picture that comes to mind. It's, it's at my grandma's. And yeah, I remember we were there for who knows how long trying to get this perfect picture. <laughs> um, but a dog. I, I've never, I've never tried taking a picture of a, of a dog pose. Is, is that, is that a tricky thing? I, w- I mean, I would imagine so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the final uh, slow jam's going on right now. What's, what's the theme for that? Uh, so the way we structure this slow jams is we do a technical theme that everybody knows up front. Um, mm-hmm. So. The technical theme of this one was parody. So the idea was like, you're going to make a game that's like parody or satire or commentary on something. And then uh, through Pig Squad's Patreon, everyone who is a Patreon uh, patron for us gets to Mm -hmm. submit and then vote on a creative theme for these jams. Um, So the creative theme that we ended up landing on was bootleg. So there's, there's a lot of, like, really good, like, Dragon Quest-type games and, like, Pokemon Snap games. And there's, like, a Star Wars game someone is making. Like, <laughs> all just, like, really, really good, like, intentional bootleg stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we announced the creative theme at the kickoff party. And then everyone gets to kind of, like, assemble their teams and start brainstorming. Um, and we've had such like amazing turnouts for those. Like the last few ones we've done, we had like around like 25 games for each of them. Um, and we're talking about like, oh yeah, like we want to do a showcase for all of these, like in September, just to show off like all the games that were made this summer. But how are we going to find a venue big enough? Yeah, that's a lot of games. We got a lot of table space. We got to find. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's it's just really inspiring to see uh, people just like making that much stuff and having a really good time with it. Yeah. So bootleg, bootleg. Wow, bootleg <laughs> parody. That's what. What would you do, Ian? Do you does that does that ring any bells off the top of your head? I don't think I have a go-to for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I know there's a Twitter account that I see uh, pop into my feed a lot, and it's it's bootleg stuff. Um, I think yeah, 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 yeah. Bootleg stuff. Um, <laughs> and I always just get such a kick out of that. So, yeah. Is there is there a place uh, online where we can see the, the games that are created for, for the jam? Yeah, for sure. Uh, during the jam itself, Pig Squad, the Twitter account at Pig Squad uh, mm-hmm. is always retweeting stuff that the creators are working on, but we also have an itch page. Okay. Um, and on our itch page is, uh, I believe we have all of the games from the last two Summer Slow Jams already up there, and you can download them and play them. So um, there's some really, really amazing ones made uh, in the last few months that I'd highly recommend. Um, yeah, so you can check them all out on our itch page. Okay, good, good. All right. I, I just needed to make sure that I didn't have to schedule. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind to schedule a vacation to Portland, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're ever coming into town, uh, definitely uh, hit me up and also check out uh, the just like calendar that we have. Like I said, we have like three to four events a month. So chances are you would land around one of them. 
for sure. So you, uh, I, I watched your introduction video or, or something. Let, I, let me, let me find it. I, your, your game dev as a visual art talk, um, oh, from yeah. 2016. Mm -hmm. And, um, you said that you had just gotten into game dev about a year or two prior. So mm -hmm. what, what exactly prompted you to, um, get, make, make the leap over to, to game dev from your, your art major? Yeah, I think that it was like, un unbeknownst to even myself, it was something that was just like, always going to happen kind of thing. Uh, I grew up playing games, like games were such a huge part of why I even got into art. Like the reason I started drawing was because I wanted to copy all the pictures in like my instruction booklets of the characters of the games I played. <laughs> um, and I like prided myself on that. I drew all of the, every single Pokemon kind of thing oh yeah um, yeah like it was like yeah I'm a marathon drawer I can draw all 151 um out of my prima strategy guide um <laughs> but yeah like that's the that was the impetus for me getting into art and uh my brother who is uh two years older than me also was very interested in making games from a coding side um and we would kind of like play around a little bit and you know never really actually make anything but we talked about making games a lot and uh, it's always something I was like, yeah, like I would, I would love to like work on games one day, but I don't even know like how artists do that. And I kind of like growing up, like just continued to play them, but sort of lost the idea of that. It's something that I would be able to do, um, which is kind of weird. Like, I don't really know why, but I was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm a visual artist. Like I can't make games. Uh, I just draw things and I tell stories in this way, but games are not a medium that's available to me. Um, and then when I was in my, uh, approaching my senior year of college, I went to Pacific Northwest College of Art and I was in an illustration program. Um, I actually watched the Tropes versus Women in Games series that Anita Sarkeesian did for Feminist Frequency. Mm -hmm. And I was like really shocked at uh, how a lot of that like rang true for me. I was like, yeah, like, you know, growing up, you kind of have a complicated relationship with a lot of games that are clearly not made for you, but you really like them. Um, so you're just like, yeah, like games aren't really a medium that's for me. Uh, you kind of get those ideas. But then watching that, I was like, oh, like, wait, can we swear on this show? Um, go for it. I was just going to say, I had like an oh shit moment. Um, and I was like, I can totally make games. Like, what am I thinking? Like, I'm an artist. I'm a creator. Like, it's totally within my abilities. I know a lot about games because I've played them for so long. And like, not only that, but it's kind of like, it would, you know, be a really great responsibility to be like a woman making games. Uh, so that really kicked me off into like wanting to do it. And then... Uh, for my thesis project at college, I was like, I'm going to make a concept for a game. Like, I'm going to go for it. And maybe this is something I could make when I graduate. And then it could, you know, be my, like, foot in the door into making games. And so uh, a lot of the <laughs> faculty there was like, we don't really know what this is about, but we trust you know what this <laughs> is about. So, like, go for it. And I had a really great mentor and and all of that. So uh, by the time I had uh, presented my thesis, um, well, not presented, but proposed it in my first semester, 
mm-hmm. come up with this concept for a game that would like take a lot of common storytelling tropes and games that we're all very used to and sort of make players aware of them and how they like kind of present women in weird ways um but they're so like ingrained in game storytelling that we don't really notice it Mm-hmm. Um, so that was basically my premise, but, you know, with like really cute illustrated animals and environments and all of that and making it visually accessible. Um, and so by the time I had proposed my thesis at the end, I was talking to my panel and every single one of them was like, have you heard of Portland Indie Game Squad? And I was like, no. <laughs> and so that was why I started going to events. And then um, after graduation, uh when I was defending, I had actually a lot of people from the Big Squad community come to my thesis defense. And it was like so touching. I like wasn't expecting it at all. But it's like, yeah, this is a really good community. And then after I graduated, I kind of just like hopped right into doing a freelance full time and just doing a lot of illustration work. But knowing that like, yeah, I just really want to, you know, get get to the point where most of my work is game dev and through doing game jams and just like meeting people at pig squad and stuff like that has happened. And now most of the work I do is in game dev. So uh, yeah, it was kind of interesting, <laughs> kind of an interesting path into game dev, but uh, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that game for your thesis, is that uh, Margaret's blight? Yes. Yeah. I believe that's all up on my website still. <laughs> I, I don't know if I saw it on your website. I saw it in the in the in the Pig Squad uh, talk you did. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> on that topic, um, there there is a game recently that uh, jumps into a lot of these tropes. Um, Octopath Traveler. Have you played it? I haven't played it yet. Uh, no, I know uh, probably very little about that game. <laughs> okay. Well, then maybe maybe we don't talk about it but um it's <laughs> basically uh they they do have a lot of the tropes that in the traditional sense not like they're trying to challenge them um yeah there's there's a bit of controversy around it because um some people are like yeah you know it's representative of the time but then there's other things that just aren't, yeah that's that's aren't something i i always have a problem with i kind of do end up disengaging with games that have the type of storyline that you're describing. Um, mm. I think I've heard a little bit about how some people are like a little bit upset about the way that women are depicted in that game. But I always like, you know, there's always the argument that it's like, yeah, but you know, it's like really indicative of the time. So it has to be in the game, but it's at the same time, it's like, there's a dragon in the sky. Like, you know, we can kind of have a little bit of suspension of disbelief where we don't have to have a game that has like, a shitty storyline in it because it's you know indicative of the time if we're also in a magic world that doesn't exist Mm -hmm. yeah it's you know it's i think a lot of you can kind of fall into the pitfall of like wanting to be accurate but it's like doesn't mean it makes a good storyline no no it definitely doesn't and uh, almost all the the female characters in the game are um they're they're fueled by events that are uh, basically they're male like father figures. So it fails the Bechdel so. test constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. <laughs> so that yeah. was you know one of my like one of my true like this game is like amazing moments I had when I was a kid was playing Chrono Trigger for the Super Nintendo. Oh and yeah, you could, you could get to the part where like 
you just had an all-female team and like you never had to change and I was like oh this is awesome and like all the characters were great and I was like yeah like I feel like I'm making a game or I'm playing a game that's like fun for me and then that doesn't happen a lot in the plot line of games or at mm -hmm. least didn't at the time um yeah so just a little anecdote <laughs> Yeah, I still got to get around to playing Chrono Trigger. I started it a few years ago. Oh, man, then... it's, it's the best. Like, I sing his praises constantly. <laughs> yeah. I really should. I'm a, I'm a huge Square Enix fan, so. Yeah, the problem is, like, the cartridges are really expensive. Um, but And uh, the Steam port is, like, pretty bad. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you can find it some other way, I know there was a DS version and a PlayStation version and all that, like ports to those systems. I'd recommend that. Yeah, I, I think I have the um, the the dual disc. The I think it's Final yep. Fantasy IV and Chrono Trigger yep. on PS1. Yeah, I, I'm pretty that sure I've got that. That one's kind of like the load timing is bad, but it's kind of fun because you get the animated cutscenes by Akira Toriyama in there. Um, who did like Dragon Ball Z? Uh, so you get like these really, really nice uh, movies in between scenes in the game, which you oh. obviously don't get on the Super Nintendo version. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why not? How come? It would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So have you played around with the Pico 8 at all? No, I haven't. I really, uh, there's like a good handful of people in our community that are doing some really amazing stuff in Pico 8. Um, our tech officer for Pig Squad, Dylan, uh, is like really big in the Pico 8 scene. And mm -hmm. he, he taught our workshop that was over the course of a weekend. And he made this huge like printout zine that's just like beautifully designed and like is pretty much an instruction manual for Pico 8. Um, and we have a lot of people doing Bitsy too. Uh, which I have also just been like really kind of interested in from afar. It seems like there's so many uh, tools to make like just the actual development of games more accessible. Like you have to do less and less coding for some of these things, mm -hmm. um, which is really interesting. And um, I've like dabbled in coding, but I think I'd probably much more take to something uh, like that. Um, but I'm I'm just you know filling up my time doing art for games. I gotta find time to make some games too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the amount of game tools that have emerged in just like the past ten years, even um, it's just yeah. so wild. It's really amazing, and it's just like it's really exciting to be part of an indie game scene right now because the tools are so accessible, which just means that like more and more people are going to be making games and more and more diverse people are going to be making games. So you're going to get like these really amazing, like game interactive art experiences that like, you just like have never seen before because the people that make these type of things have been like behind a wall of not being able to access the tools to make them. So uh, it's really cool to like see that wave of new creators coming in and kind of be a part of it. <laughs> Um, so what are there any tools in particular that um, you've you've uh, used that you really like? Yeah, I'm kind of I'm a little bit basic in that way, but I, I pretty much use the Adobe suite for all of my stuff. Uh, I you do all my drawing in Photoshop. Um, that's like a more recent transition into just doing completely digital. 
Um, and then I do my animating in Photoshop, which I know like a lot. I talk, I talk to a lot of animators about that. And they're like, oh, like, <laughs> it's not an animation program, but I do my animating in Photoshop. And then I also use After Effects as well for some of my animation. Um, and I, I just like those tools because they're uh, pretty accessible and they're also really good at uh, exporting to pretty much any like file type that whatever mm -hmm. game dev you're working with would prefer. Like, you know, you can make... PNG sequences or GIFs or JPEGs or anything like anything that they might uh, whatever developer you're working with prefers but um, I also just like kind of for fun picked up I think it's called As Asperite uh, oh yeah uh, that is really fun too I'm totally just like I admire people that do pixel art so much because I don't know how they do it um, it's just like it's like yeah you took like abstract squares and made this amazing thing out of it <laughs> um, and that was such a cool software to play around with because it has a lot of the same interfacing as Photoshop and like keyboard shortcuts and stuff. So I was playing around with it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this actually feels really natural. And I could see that if I wanted to get into making pixel art, that that would be a really good uh, tool to start with. Yeah, I have a friend that's been using Photoshop for <laughs> actually pixel art a lot. Um, and he does all his animating. That's amazing. <laughs> I think and, you have um, to do some real finagling to make Photoshop work for pixel art. Well, have you have you seen? Um, I, I isn't it for Photoshop? Uh, Dan F Fessler's um, HD index painting. No, you haven't. Oh wow! It, you gotta it, check it out. <laughs> uh, he um, it's it's kind of foggy now. It was man, it must have been three years ago now. Um, basically, it's a, uh, it's like a, I don't know, some some methods. I, I want to say it's in Photoshop to, to do um, like traditional kind of artwork, but make it mm -hmm. pixel art. So you can you can use certain brushes and oh, certain that's techniques, awesome. uh, but it translates over into pixel. I, I'm probably describing it terribly. Um, no, that totally makes sense. <laughs> I feel like Photoshop is like the—it's like this catch-all visual software that you can kind of make do anything, but you have to know how to make it do that. If that mm -hmm. makes sense, it's like yeah, like you can animate in Photoshop, but you gotta kind of like figure out this certain way to make that work for you. Or I think everyone has a different approach to it, which is kind of cool. It's very malleable. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember um, <laughs> being in a uh, in a Google Hangout once, and we were all streaming what we were we were working on, uh -huh. and someone looked over at my friends like, "Are you animating in Photoshop?" <laughs> yeah, like, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're like, "Why are you doing that? You're insane." Yeah, I, I work really closely with a lot of animators. I have this like imposter syndrome with animation, where I'm like, I should probably call myself an animator but I'm like but I'm not a real animator like I know real animators kind of thing um mm -hmm. and I think some of it is that I work in photoshop um <laughs> but yeah I have a I work uh with some animators and they're just like listen Marlo like it's great that you're making this work for you but you gotta find some new software to animate <laughs> and I'm like no this is the hill I will die on like I will use this forever but you know that's actually like a really good uh point of advice I think that you can kind of give to like new game devs too is that there's not really like any sort of correct way to do things like if that 
you know, you, you kind of know what I'm saying. Like people mm-hmm. get kind of hung up about like, oh, I made a game in Game Maker, so it's not a real game. Or I made a game in Bitsy, so it's not a real game. But it's like, you know, that's not true. Like you, you just figure out what process works for you. We're all faking it till we make it anyway. Like if it works for you, it works for you. And that's just what your process is. Absolutely. Yeah. Find find a tool that you become so familiar with that you can just make anything and basically <laughs> if it's possible <laughs> yeah if it's possible yeah i, I don't know I, I always think of uh a greg uh working on wander song yeah um, he has done some things in game maker that i i don't even know how he does it it's he just... pretty wild like the kind of stuff you can pull off with these things if you really get into it Yeah, I'm totally <laughs> feeling that. You know, learning new software is always, like, very scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always thought so. Just, like, teaching yourself how to use Photoshop, you just open it up and you're like, oh, my God, there's a million buttons and there's a million menus and I just want to do this one thing and I don't know how to do it. But, uh, you know, thankfully, there's a lot of people who can ask those questions and there's the internet. So Mm -hmm. uh, learning new software is totally possible. I like professionally do animation and after effects, like commercials and stuff. And like Mm -hmm. every single day I use it, I Google something that I'm like, why is it doing this? I don't know. It's just like programming. Yeah. It's pretty much exactly (laughs) like, I hear that a lot about programming too. It's pretty much what it is. It's just like after effects won't show me this thing. It showed me for the last year. Where did it go? Like, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's just a bit of a time commitment, uh, jumping into new software. And then you just gotta wait through all the YouTube videos of, Hey, today I'm gonna, you know, man, I have no patience for the YouTube videos. I got to read it. Like, I can't take it. I'm so impatient when I want to know how to do something. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to know your name or like your mission. Just show me what button to click. <laughs> For real. Yeah. I, I ended up recently just uh, basically anytime I start a video, it's just like change it to uh, like uh, 1.25 or 1.5 mm-hmm. times the speed and just zip through it. Most or just get through enough. two minutes. So you get to yep. the, the good part. <laughs> Now we're going to actually start. Yeah, it's probably to my own detriment that I'm impatient about that. I have a friend who has recently been watching a lot of like After Effects tutorials, and he's been doing amazing stuff. And I'm just like, you know what? I would know how to do that, too, if I just sat down for five minutes and watched <laughs> the video. <laughs> but I can't bring myself to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. And the, the thing is, like, they the um like with the video tutorials or well, with any type of tutorial they could be using a different version i've had that happen before where i mm-hmm. i get invested like three minutes in and then all of a sudden one of the buttons that they want me to click i don't have and it's like oh you have an older yeah. version that i don't have yeah you could have like made a sandwich in that time and it's gone you know mm-hmm. <laughs> ah sandwiches yeah that, that should be what we measure everything in just mm-hmm. units this- of time yeah, this this uh, <laughs> this video is gonna cost you two and a half sandwiches. <laughs> you know what? There great. we go. We've solved it. If you're going to make a YouTube tutorial, don't make it um, uh, cost more than a sandwich. A sandwich could be like a cryptocurrency. Oh yeah, a sandwich yeah. coin or just sandwich. Well, maybe just sandwiches. Like you just ship them to people. But you do it online. I don't know. I really don't understand how cryptocurrency works. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, I'm just thinking about processing. Bites. It works. <laughs> processing sandwiches, shipping them around, them getting moldy. Yeah. All right. I think we've I think we've figured it out. So what what kind of sandwich? It's got to be pretty stale. I think maybe we shouldn't be airing this because everyone's going to get this idea, this really good idea. You know what? You're right. We can't. Ian, destroy the evidence. Delete. <laughs> <laughs> I already stopped scrutinizing. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anybody out there, that was the last minute spent erased from your memory. You don't have any recollection. We're going to jump back into talking about video games. <laughs> so you are currently working on a project with uh, Terry Kavanaugh and Chipzel mm-hmm. called Dicey Dungeons. Talk yes. Uh, so Dicey Dungeons is a card and dice-based roguelike game. Uh, the idea is that uh, you are uh, playing as a character who has been cursed and turned into a die and you have to descend through uh generating levels of different monsters and kind of do this like rpg sort of like pokemon but also like a card game style battle against these creatures to get through the dungeon and battle the boss at the end um and the basic gameplay premise is that you have all this different equipment and you roll dice at the beginning of your turn, and depending on what number those dice are, you can assign them to different equipment to like give yourself a shield or do certain attacks or buffs or all that kind of stuff. Um, but I've been working on it for a few months now um, and just doing art and animation and just general brainstorming and stuff. And we are currently working on version 12 of the game. Ooh. Would it yeah. be fair to say that in the game you get into some dicey situations and you have to try not to die as a die. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> no. Oh man, I was I was on the phone to I think I was saying this on the phone to Terry the other day, but I I say the phrase like no dice a lot and I'm just like <laughs> I got to stop like it sounds really bad. <laughs> Listen Terry, no yeah. dice. No dice here, no pun intended, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to play the cards you're dealt, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love it. You're, you're really gonna have to shake it up. <laughs> but it's really exciting. Um, I met uh, I met Terry just like through Twitter. He had put out a call, uh, just looking for an artist for the game, and uh, I had really enjoyed his previous games. And just like, yeah, this looks cool. Looks like the type of game I would play. And uh, I had sent off sort of like. I'd filled out his like Google form and been like, yeah, this is what I do. I'm from Portland. Like, this is what my stuff looks like. Uh, these are the type of games I like. And um, he ended up calling me after that. And we just had like a really good phone call. It was just like, we were on the same page about a lot of stuff, like in theming in the game and all of that. And then uh, he was like, yeah, like I'll talk to Chipsel and like, uh, we'll get back to you. And then when they were, you know, making the decision and decided that I'd be working on the game, it was just like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. It's like, it's always a dream job to be able to just like, you know, just do art for a game and like be involved in the game dev process. And uh, especially on uh, something that like two people I admire are working on and uh, is also gameplay that I really like. So I really feel like I lucked out in that case. Yeah, absolutely. Have, so you said that you're also um, helping out with the, the creative process. 
Um, mm-hmm. Is there have there been any? Uh, I, I guess what what have you been able to contribute? Um, like as far as like gameplay goes. Um, yeah, I think that uh, gameplay, like I would say, just like the base mechanics and everything. Like you absolutely cannot credit me for that. Like Terry, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. is coming up with the base of everything, but. Uh, I would say it's more just like, yeah, like we have, you know, like we have weekly calls and we all kind of get a like bit of brainstorming in. We're like, wouldn't it be fun if like this happened or wouldn't it be fun if there was this transition into this? And uh, there was a lot of back and forth about like UI layout and all that because it's such a UI heavy game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just like it's that was has been the most like interesting challenge that has been really fun to work on it's just like there's a lot there could potentially be a ton of information on screen mm-hmm. and there could potentially be very little information on screen just depending on like how you stack because it's kind of like a deck building game so you could have yeah. like theoretically infinite dice and like a ton <laughs> of cards on screen that you could apply them to and it's like how does this fit on the screen and also look fun and also you can see the character art and also like you can see your limit bar and what status effects you have like it's a very different experience every time you play it so kind of making a basis for the ui and how all that looks has been uh probably my biggest contribution just like taking the base stuff that terry had for ui and adding upon it or changing things around and uh, we're still doing that. We still have a bunch of different like UI designs we're going to try out and see, but it's it's been really fun. It's been fun working on a mock-up that is just absolutely covered with information and being like, <laughs> okay, like if I move this two pixels to the right, then it'll be like, it'll look really good and, and all of that. So yeah, it's been really fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, while I was playing it, um, that was one of the things that I realized like right away was, oh my goodness, this has a potential to get so crowded yeah so crazy and then i tried breaking it uh because i got a um a piece of equipment that allowed me to get an extra dice every turn yep so then i i got to a second row and i was like oh man how far could i do this before break (laughs) i didn't go that far i i was running low on health so i think you can go pretty far though (laughs) um yeah it's funny too there's already a lot of people playing the game like we have a discord for the game um Oh. And that was that was really interesting to me, like coming in on a project that already had a following too. I haven't done that before. Um, but it was really cool to see like, yeah, like there's this whole group of people who are already playing the game and are doing things like making these crazy combos and like they know the in and outs and like what equipment they get and all of that. And it's cool to be able to bounce stuff off of that community and like uh have like a little bit of like oh yeah there's like community input that has gotten to this game that's really fun yeah so that, how, how big is the discord right now uh i don't know the numbers off my head it's mm-hmm. very active though um if you go to diceydungeons.com there's a link to it and uh, okay. you, can, you can hop in and we're all in there and there's a lot of different channels there's like you know the the actual game channel and people are making mods of it and uh the the fun bug report channel (laughs) (laughs) all of that yeah (laughs) and then uh it's an also really interesting experience and i believe this is also uh, something that's new to terry too is doing a game in open development 
Um, mm -hmm. I'm really not used to that. Uh, most of the stuff I work on is under NDA and I can't share any of it. Uh, so it's like really refreshing to be like, oh yeah, I just made this animation and I feel so good about it and I'm going to post it on Twitter <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's not going to be a problem. Uh, so being able to share stuff in the Discord and on social media too has been a really fun experience. I, I just went to the site and I don't know how I didn't see it before because it's a pun and it says dice cord. Yep. <laughs> that makes me so irate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have joined. I'm now Get I, on there. I'm in there. <laughs> All right. Um yeah, so the the character designs they're they're so cute, by the way. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> did did Terry have an idea of what what he wanted or? Oh, that's actually a really funny story. Um, so I had played pretty much like all the assets you see in version uh, ten, which is the mm -hmm. latest like free version that's on Dicey Dungeons website. Um, all the other versions are on itch now, um, mm -hmm. and you can pay to have access to them and then eventually the final game. Uh, but I had played that version that has just like all the pixel art that Terry made for placeholders that is in the game. Um, and he had these like drawings of the characters and they're all just like white dice with like kind of different colored boots and holding different things. But they all have the same face and all of that. And I was thinking, yeah, like I wonder, you know, what are some ways to make like an anthropomorphic dice character interesting? And that was the first thing I did when I started working on the game. I was like, I'm going to try and nail these character designs because I think that'll, you know, influence a lot of the other character designs in the game and all of that. So uh, I was talking to him on Discord while I was doing this and he's like, I was already sketching and I was drawing out these dice and He's like, wait, before you get started, I have some thoughts. And I was like, oh, okay, like, yeah, let me know. Like, what are you looking for particularly with these? And he's like, they have to be dice. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, great. Well, I'm already doing that. Oh, so, to heck? No, like, yeah, <laughs> like, I, I totally see them as dice. And yeah. I was like, yep, me too. So that's great. Um, but it was fun, like, you know. Uh, as someone who does a lot of character design, it was kind of fun to just be like, yeah, like what are ways to make pretty much the exact same object feel different um, four or five different times? And, uh, you know, my first initial thought was like, oh yeah, they can be, you know, like different types of dice, like one's a D20. And I was like, hold on a minute, that breaks the whole game uh, <laughs> because you're rolling D6s in the game. So that's off the table. But yeah, just like doing different colors and giving them different, facial expressions and outfits and poses and stuff. Um, I'm, I'm really happy with, with where they landed. And uh, we have uh, five right now. We have a warrior, a thief, a witch, and a robot, and an inventor. The, the yeah. 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 Um, and then we're uh, planning on adding one more as well. That's on the Ooh. way. Yeah. Is that, they is all that have under wraps? It's under wraps. I don't even know a lot about it yet, but uh -oh. it's in the design process. Um, but yeah, they all have like different stats and you, they all play very differently from one another. Like yeah, the witch do. is a spell book. And I think that's my favorite one to play because um, you kind of have a lot of options starting out and how to allot your dice. And there's ones like the thief that takes 
uh, move from your enemy every time you play. Like there's, it's a very like wildly different game every time you play with a different character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would say that it 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 basically is a different game. Yeah, uh, I, I think I started off with the the witch, and then um, I think my favorite's the the inventor yeah. or the yeah. That one stresses me out because yeah. I like because the <laughs> idea is that you things. have like equipment, and then every single battle you win, you get rid of a piece of your equipment to make a new gadget for the next battle that you can only use once, and it's sort of like you're just cycling through equipment. And for me, I'm just like, I like to collect things and like <laughs> plan it out and have my like whole inventory. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that um, like my, my first time playing, um, it, it was annoying because I didn't know what certain gadgets would upgrade to. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't, I'm going to upgrade this. And then it's something really good. And it's like, oh, I'm just going to go fight a spider. I could have had this for the boss battle. Right. It's been fantastic. But I, I feel that on, uh, like more playthroughs and actually understanding what things upgrade to. Yeah, um, I think because... also that's just like the nature of roguelikes. Like it's like yeah, you kind of like go through and you're like thrown into the den and you got to figure out the rules and then you die and you come back and play it again. But it's a little bit different. But you're armed with a little bit more knowledge. It's sort of like incrementally sure. understanding the game a little bit more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely am slowly developing strategies. Like as I play it, I'm like, oh, I know, I like that one. Like that one's coming <laughs> with me. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't plugged in quite enough time to that, uh, in into it for that yet. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there are definitely some uh, some things I've run into where it's like, oh my goodness, like this is a no brainer. It has to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was one that if you if you put what is it? I, I think it's six in it. Um, it it spits out another dice your next turn or something yep. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there was one that I used with that that um, uh, like took any dice and it would do something. And I was just like, oh well, this is no brainer because it, it was reusable as well. So yeah. Just like keep, keep generating more dice and just throwing it into this other thing. Yeah. There's like it's pretty uh, it's pretty amazing to me how like many different builds you can get in the game like i think terry did like an amazing job of balancing a lot of that where you're just like yeah like i can do this poison build this time and just inflict a lot of poison and then next time you play depending on what you do sometimes you're just building up dice and uh (laughs) yeah it's just yeah it's it's a really fun game not to toot the horn of the game i'm working on but (laughs) (laughs) um so uh what what are you currently working on as far as art goes? What what's yeah. your current? Uh, my current sprint is working on animation for all of the enemies. We have about fifty enemies in the game right now, um, and in the last build, I had all of them sketched out. So it's kind of like placeholder art in the last build, mm-hmm. um, which has been really cool. I really like being able to like show people work in progress game development because I think you don't get to see that very often. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to be like, yeah, like, look at this, like the characters are going to go here, but you know, clearly this art isn't done yet. It's not colored. It's just a sketch kind of thing. Um, so I've been working on coloring and animating all of them. Uh, I want to give all of them an idle animation. So there's some movement on screen with them and they have a little bit more personality. Um, and my like goal, my tentative, very lofty goal 
is to have all that animation done by the time I leave for PAX, which is Thursday. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but I got it down. I got it down to about 16 more out of 50. So I think I can do it. And okay. it's really fun. Like it's, it's like my absolute favorite type of game dev work is doing stuff like that. I've been gatekeeping myself pretty much up until this point. Cause I'm like, I got to save the fun stuff for later. Cause I know I'm really going to be motivated to do it. And I got to get all this stuff that really needs to be in the game for it to be functional done first. <laughs> and then I can, you know, go ham on, on animation and all of that. <laughs> yeah. You're pretty close to PAX. It's, it's what uh, a three or a four hour drive. It's yeah. It's about a three hour drive. Not okay. very far from Portland. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be going sort of as an attendee and I'm going to be helping out at a Rose City Games booth. So if anyone's in PAX, they could probably come by and play, play the new Rose City Games game and say hi. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Are, is, are there any games at PAX that you're looking forward to seeing? Yeah. Um, pretty much the entirety of Indie Mega booth, like looking at the, uh, video that came out recently of all the gameplay of the different games looks like really exciting um and we have a friend of ours from pig squad john king is showing off his game duster and then uh rose city games like i mentioned who is run by a lot of the same people who run pig squad we have a game there um that we've been working on with viz media uh, who publishes like naruto and sailor moon and one punch man um, but it's an original IP and we're going to be showing off a really fun new demo of that game there. So Ooh. it's nice. There's going to be a lot of like good Portland presence at the Indie Mega booth. Portland is invading Seattle. Yeah. We're coming. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that far. You know, we're there frequently. <laughs> yeah. It's, three hours is, is not, not a long haul in the U.S. Yeah. And then the weekend after, like pretty much immediately after PAX, we have XOXO Festival here in Portland, um, which is like a really, you know, really, really fun, like pretty well-known, like internet culture uh, type of convention. Mm -hmm. um, and they've been on hiatus for a while and they're coming back this year. So uh, I'm really excited about that. I'm actually going to be specifically showing off Dicey Dungeons at that. So um if anyone's in the Portland area, they can come play and say hello. Yeah, you know, I, I remember seeing a lot of people tweeting about it in 2015, 2016. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, what is this? Where is this? Um, yeah, the last one I went to was 2016. And it was, you know, it was amazing. They have, like, really, really good speakers come out. You know, they have just, like people who are just like, I make memes online and I'm famous for that. And let me give a talk <laughs> on like what that means and super fascinating people and fascinating screenings and then like really fun games to play. And I'm excited to be one of the games that people get to play. So yeah, I'm looking at the, at the list of games right now. It looks, it looks like a really, really great lineup. Yeah. It's good stuff. Ooblets <laughs> yeah. is there, is it, is it Ooblets or is it Oblets? It's Ooblets. It is Ooblets. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. great. I'm excited to 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 see that game again. Last time I played it was at GDC like two years ago. So. Yeah, I've never had my hands on it, and oh, someday. It's pretty darned cute. It really is. <laughs> so, and then 
Okay, it says September 6th to the 9th. Okay. Yeah. Yes, okay. and like, you know, if you do end up seeing me there, I might potentially apologize for how crazy I look because I will have just gotten back from PAX. <laughs> it's going to be nuts. Yeah, back to back. <laughs> yeah. Right. PAX always is like back to back with something. Yeah, um, and I don't know. I don't know if it's like this outside of portland specifically but like september october is like such an intense like convention season here too like uh or just at least in the northwest like there's just like packs and then there's uh now we're gonna be xoxo and portland retro gaming expos coming up and just yeah it's, it's a lot there's a lot of conventions <laughs> yeah and i think fantastic arcades happening in october yeah that's also happening like the same weekend as uh, KamoraCon here in Portland and also Geek GirlCon in Seattle, which I'm going to be at. So it's like three conventions in the same weekend. <laughs> oh. Might literally be impossible to go to all of those. I don't know what days they're on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if you count all the, the, the like road time or flight time, I, I think yep. yeah. <laughs> impossible. But it's cool. I mean, it's exciting. I always really enjoy them um it's just a very di- it's like a very different sort of work season because you spend so much of it like showcasing and doing all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah i've always wondered that you know uh people like rami uh, like how do you how do you mm-hmm. balance going to all these hustles but still have time to work on stuff yeah and- it's at least like the festivals feel like they're inside like a season kind of you know mm-hmm. there's obviously a lot of them that are spread out but you're like okay well i'm gonna go to the he does go to a lot of stuff though mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah oh indicate that's the other one happening in october uh-huh oh I my know. gosh <laughs> oh man yeah. i gotta make a spreadsheet <laughs> right yeah I, Actually, indicate I is the only one i've got blocked off for the fall yeah. it's like we're going to this and that's it yep <laughs> yeah speaking cool. of what you can we gotta yeah. we gotta get our we gotta get our stuff figured out pretty quick here. Yeah. Yeah. Time's kinda ticking on that. Mm-hmm. It's in what, six weeks now, I think? Yeah. Oh something like that. Yep. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So festivals yeah, that's sheesh. But like the rest of the year, are there is there much going on there or is it just kinda here and there. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's just definitely more like concentrated in the fall months having stuff like we also have like Rose City Comic Con coming up really soon too. That's another one I completely forgot about. That's on the same weekend as XOXO, but um yeah, we have a lot of stuff. We have like Design Week Portland in the the summer too, which is one of uh Pig Squad's biggest events. Um we kind of have like four big events every year uh and it's like global game jams one of them and uh which is in january so Mm -hmm. that's like a big game dev thing and then design week portland we always do a drink and draw event with them um (laughs) that's our it's our biggest event of the year and like you know traditionally in the art world drink and draws like yeah everyone just comes to a bar and draws together and that's sort of what it is um but the way we do it is it's you know obviously very games focused and Mm. we rent out a huge hall and we line the walls with games that people from the community have made um and then we have a humongous projector that goes up and we just bring a ton of drawing supplies out and the idea is is that you like you know hang out and eat and drink and 
play games with people, but we also have a huge projector playing a bunch of different games for 45 minute intervals that you can draw fan art for at the table and then submit the fan art for prizes that the developers will give out. Um, it's, it's such a blast. It's like such a fun event. Um, and it is like our, one of our biggest events we host every year, but it's great because you get to come, you get to come and like, experience a lot of what people have been working on in the last year in the game dev scene and also if you're a developer you get like fan art for your games which is cool and um it's it's a really fun event it's one of my favorite ones that we do mm-hmm. yeah getting fan art sounds like just a, a blessed feeling i, I, yeah. I don't even know how, <laughs> how i would react if if that happened so really cool that there, you guys have created like an atmosphere where that can just happen on the regular yeah it's super fun. This year I was on scanning duty, so I pretty much sat at a table the whole time and was like furiously scanning everything so that uh, <laughs> we could document it and people could take their art home if they wanted it. Um, but also uh, we compile it all into a zine and give that out amongst the community too. Um, just to be like, yeah, look at all the crazy stuff that was generated during this event and you probably didn't get a chance to see all of it. Man, that is so cool. I I just can't. That's wow. <laughs> it's usually around April, May, so if okay. if you're planning your trip out to Portland. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I've got a lot of places I want to travel to in the next year, and it's like, hmm, am I gonna be able to fit all these in? Maybe. <laughs> hopefully Portland's not going anywhere. So Oh yeah, I think we're here for a while at least. Okay. A- at least a few more years. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Take your time, take your time. <laughs> so you are in a unique situation that um, you work remotely uh, with mm-hmm. two people in Europe, and the flip-flop from what I hear a lot of the time is going on where um, just just because of how things end up going, uh, you are adjusting your your schedule to them instead of the other way around which I really like. <laughs> like I, I don't hear that happening too much. And yeah, I, I usually know, it's, everyone's it's accommodating for America, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been interesting. It definitely like has not been a hindrance to workflow at all. It was like mm-hmm. really curious to see what that would be like. But uh, yeah, both Terry and Chipsel are eight hours ahead of me, uh, which means that they're usually working... Uh, by like around when I'm asleep um, and I'll wake up to a lot of messages from them and conversations they've had on Slack and then uh, sort of vice versa is I'll be working throughout the day and by the time I have stuff to show them it is very late in London so uh, I'll you know send stuff to them that they'll wake up to so uh, yeah but you know the only time we really have to like align ourselves is when we do uh, stand-ups and phone calls and stuff and um, I usually try to be in my office by 8 a.m. for those uh, because that's like 4 p.m. for them. And that's sort of like winding down the workday for them, um, which is actually really fun because I get to like have a really inspiring game dev conversation. And I'm like, yeah, it's 830 and I'm like ready to go. Like, let's <laughs> go. 12 hour workday right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, yeah, it's been interesting. Uh, it's really cool, like how easy it is to work remotely on this kind of stuff. Um mm-hmm. And I'm really excited. I'm actually going to meet Chipsel at PAX uh, in person, actually, which is fun. <laughs> Indie game team meetup. Yeah. 
Yeah, two two thirds of the team present. <laughs> yeah, um, I I know something that I've always enjoyed on game jams working with people in other time zones um, is that when you when you do wake up, like there there has been progress made, and that yeah. is such a huge boost. Yeah, it's really cool how that works out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you work on some, yeah the because um. I, I find that something that I, I personally struggle with is feeling that the project isn't moving. Mm-hmm. So always having that, um, you know, like constant uh, progress, like being shown when you wake up is, is great. Um, yeah, it's sort of like at any hour there is progress being made because if you're not doing it, you know, the other members of your team are doing it. Yeah. Um, what have you run into any issues um, at all, really, so far, or has it been pretty easy sailing? No, it's been it's been pretty easy sailing so far. Yeah, it's just it's been a blast to work on. Um, just like a really fun, like open development. Like everyone, you know, feels like they have a creative input in the game kind of situation, and um, you know, we're all like really good professionals. We're good at like talking to each other and like critiquing and taking critique and all of that. So yeah, it's been great. Nice. That's, that's really great to hear. <laughs> so have you, have you thought at all about your next project or what, what you plan on doing after, I don't know how long the dicey dungeons um, uh, development period is expected to last. So yeah. maybe you haven't thought about it. Yeah, we're well. We're looking at uh, what we're saying is like uh, fall of uh, this year, hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just sort of like it's just been like an open development process. So everyone's kind of like along the ride and knows where we're at with stuff, and uh, not really any surprises or anything in terms of like uh, when it'll be released when we're when we're getting closer and closer, but. Uh, yeah, freelancing is like a really interesting thing where uh, when you're starting to wrap up on a project, you kind of have to start looking into and gearing up for new ones. Um, and I I do have, you know, some game stuff lined up uh, coming up in, in the fall and stuff. So I'm probably just going to like keep rolling into new stuff. And uh, my biggest problem, and I think it's just because I've been doing it for only two years, is that I have a really hard time saying no to stuff. Uh, I want to do everything. Um, But, you know, I think you slowly learn. It's like, yeah, you really got to limit yourself. And sometimes you have to say no to projects. That'd be really fun if you've already committed to other stuff. So uh, going forward, just looking at like uh, continuing to work in game dev and finding a manageable workload. And that's that's always the goal. But um, yeah, once once you're in it for long enough, it's kind of like getting a snowball rolling down a hill. Like it's really hard to start out and freelance, or it's very daunting at least, mm-hmm. um, because you know you're like, okay, well, I don't have anyone you know giving me work or looking for work for me, so I have to do it. And um, I started out just like cold call emailing a lot of art directors of like magazines and places I knew I would love to get stuff in, and. Um, once you kind of do that and get your foot in the door some other places, then you get recommended to other people and you get return clients and, and all of that stuff. And then it kind of gets to the point where you are spending less and less of your time actively looking for work because things start coming to you. And uh, it's a nice, it's a nice sort of like tipping point to be at where uh, 
I am worrying less and less about what the next thing is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, I, I saw that you did some animations for Adobe. Yeah. Yeah. How, how exactly did you come upon that? Um, are, you, are you referencing the um, entrepreneur animations? Yes, yes, the ones that are posted on your website. Yeah, those are uh, those are for Amazon. Um, but oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, when you said that, I was literally like, "Wait, did I do animations for Adobe?" Um, yeah, you don't remember that? <laughs> well, I have some friends that work at Adobe, and I was like, I don't remember if I ever got anything from them. Um, but yeah, those so companies. That was actually like a very. Uh, very like typical freelancer story is I had a a friend who uh, was an animator who I went to college with who recommended me uh, to the studio that was doing those animations for them. Um, And that was like really kind of like starting out of school. I knew that uh, I knew that I really liked animation. I dabbled in it a little bit and uh, that job kind of came along and I was like, heck yeah, I'm an animator. Like, let's do this. <laughs> and, uh, spent a lot, before starting the project, spent a lot of time sort of like brushing up on stuff I knew and, and all of that. And it was a very like, it was a very cool experience to be able to like work on like commercials professionally like that. And also, you know, be practicing a little bit more of a craft and uh, getting a little bit better at using these types of softwares while I was doing that. And actually a lot of that is fed into my game dev. It really uh, solidified a process for me because uh, of working on animations and like, you know, like relatively tight turnarounds It really kind of makes you like, Oh, like I know what the quickest, most efficient and best looking processes for making animations really quick. Um And that's helped a lot in game jams and then in game dev right now too. Like I'm using a lot of what I learned in dicey dungeons and, you know, animating 50 enemies um, because I know like what processes to use and how to do frame by frame animation, but also, you know, like make sure you're using tools at your disposal to have the computer do some animation for you in some cases as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, take it would just take forever and I would never finish a game. <laughs> mm-hmm. On the topic of computers doing um, work for you, have you have you had anybody write any scripts or anything? Have you ever played around in that world of a Photoshop or, or art? No, I've gotten really close a few times, but uh, that's sort of one of those things I was talking about where it's like, it's kind of scary to learn new software. And that's just like, a hurdle I definitely want to climb one day, but I'm just like, for now, I, I still feel like I'm learning so much about like new things that are already like prefabricated inside the software that I'm using. Like Mm -hmm. the other day I was just like, wow, I had no idea this effect was even in after effects and (laughs) I could have used it in this and this and this, but I'll just use it now. Like I still, I still feel like I'm familiarizing with myself because there's such broad programs um, but there, the fact that there's like even more customization you can do is like so bonkers to me. I feel like I'm going to like reach Nirvana when I get to that point. Like that's going to be <laughs> like, I've known everything I need to know. <laughs> yep. You'll just be floating in your chair all day drawing. Yeah. Well, I won't be drawing cause my mind will be drawing, uh, right. you know, <laughs> 
we'll we'll have to have you on again at at that point. And, uh, yeah, and you won't even have to talk. We'll just we'll just feel the the um the vibes through the sound waves. Exactly, it's like that movie Lucy. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Oh boy, I don't know if I would, but <laughs> uh, have you seen this movie? The end, don't like spoilers. Like skip ahead, you know, five mm-hmm. seconds if you can. But she like becomes like the singularity at the end, and she's like in everyone's phones, and she's just like, "I'm everywhere. I've ascended." So hmm. when I get to that point, I'll fill you guys in. <laughs> okay, will do. <laughs> so. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll get out to Portland before then. But if not, I mean, it'll it'll be great having you everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds right. good. Mm-hmm. Is there is there anything else that you wanted to talk about today? Anything that's that's been on your mind in games or? Yeah, I think just like you know, I'm a I'm a big advocate for it. But if you uh, if you feel like you know, making games is out of your reach. Like it's totally not like anyone can do it. You can do it solo. You can do it on a team. Like all the tools are there and all the tutorials are there for people. And like I said, there's no like correct way to do it. Like if you don't like unity, you don't need to use unity to make games and and all of that. So it's just encouraging to be able to like see that now after having thought that I wouldn't be able to make games uh, at a certain point in my life. But yeah. Um, could I plug like URLs and stuff? No, absolutely not. No. Yeah. <laughs> go for it. Okay, cool. Um, well, if you want to follow me online at all, um, I'm pretty active on Twitter and Instagram and my handle is just my name at Marlo Doby, uh, M-A-R-L-O-W-E-D-O-B-B-E. Um, and then if you're interested in checking out Pig Squad at all, it's just pigsquad.com. Um, and we have our events calendar up there. We have a community tab. If you want to join our Slack, you can just invite yourself. Um, and we do have a lot of people that are outside of Portland on that Slack. Um, and all of our game jams we host, you can jam remotely. So if you're interested, but you're not from Portland and say taking part in like our next bootleg jam or something, um, you can totally do that. And we'll have all your stuff up on our itch page, uh, when you submit it, um, and yeah, we just host a lot of events. So if you're ever in Portland, come check that out. Um, and if you want to play Dicey Dungeons, go to DiceyDungeons.com. And uh, you, know, you can play the last free version or you can uh, buy our latest version on Itch. And that gets you access to all the next versions, including the final. Um, so it's actually a little bit cheaper to buy it now than if you waited until we released the actual finished game. Uh, and you get to see all the work in progress stuff, which I think is really cool. Yeah, so get on it. Go get the game. Yeah, get on it. Yep. And if you're listening to this (laughs) in our archive, those links are available in the show topics uh, below the the show. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing such great information. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. I love talking about games. There you go. Thank you for listening in to broadcast number 85 of Indie Radio. Indie Radio is broadcasted live with Twitch and recorded using open broadcaster software. If you enjoy the show and are interested in more, you can visit our archive at IndieFunction.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. Our next show is on September 1st. Thank you again for listening in to Indie Radio. We hope you have a fantastic weekend.